Thanks for joining us today for the City Light Podcast. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us as a church, you can always check us out online at citylightchurch.com. Everyone is asking the same question these days, and it's the question, when will things return back to normal? We are all craving some normal right now, but what are the areas in our lives that were normal that we shouldn't return to? In this message, Pastor Jason talks about how to have a new normal moving forward in life. Now, let's jump into today's message. Well, I keep hearing this phrase uh, a lot, over and over again, whether it's on the news, whether it's in a newspaper, whether it's online and social media. I mean, this phrase is just everywhere. I keep hearing this phrase over and over and over again. Maybe you've said it. Maybe you've heard other people say it. Maybe you've wondered this phrase. You've asked this question before. A lot of people are saying, I've heard a lot of uh, preachers and pastors even preach on a similar topic that I'm gonna speak on today. And it's just amazing that a lot of people we all have this one thought on our mind right now during this season, and it's the phrase and it's the thought. Maybe you've said this, how long will it be before we get back to normal? Like, how long is it going to be until we get back to a little bit of normal in our life? I, I, maybe you're thinking that, like, man, I just need some normalcy in my life. I just need a little bit of normal. It's funny, we posted on social media this week through our church uh, social media platforms, you know, hey, what's the first place you want to go to after the quarantine is lifted? And I saw a lot of funny and great responses. You know, some people said the gym, they want to get back working out. You know, some people said, you know, they're going to go see family and friends that I haven't been able to really connect with in a while. Some people mentioned some different restaurants that they can't wait to go to. And for whatever reason, I don't know why, but a lot of people said, I want to go to Naps Donuts. And so I don't know like why right now you're thinking about Naps Donuts, but you know what? Hey, it's all good. There's no judgment here. Like, man, I need some donuts in my life. Come on, somebody. Like, if you need a donut in your life, go ahead in the chat window. Just put, I need a donut. Come on. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for donuts. Like, go ahead and put that in the chat. It's all good. And it's funny because a lot of people had a lot of different responses. My wife, you know, she even said she wants to go to Florida without the, the kids and her husband. I don't know what that's all about, but we'll probably talk about that later. I, I, I don't know. But uh, everybody, we can't wait to get out of, you know, the quarantine or stay-at-home stuff. And we can't wait to, to go someplace. I, I know I am. I can't wait to sit back at a restaurant with my family and, and order a big juicy steak with some zip sauce. Come on, somebody. Like, I just can't wait to get a filet or a, a juicy ribeye and just sit down and relax and somebody else do the dishes. Come on, like, I'm done doing the dishes. Like, I just can't wait for a little bit of normalcy. I can't wait to, to see people. I can't wait to, to see a church full of faces instead of just preaching to a camera. Like, I can't wait to get a little bit of normalcy back in my life, and it's funny, like, I, a lot of people were saying this question, you know, how long till we get back to normal, and, and some of us, we, man, we would give up anything right now to get a little bit of normal back in our life, even the things that we hated before, 
Like maybe there's somebody at home and you're watching and you're like, man, I would be, I would give up anything to, if I could, if I could be stuck in, in, in I-75 traffic for two hours in the middle of construction, if that means I get to go back to work. Like I would, I would love that. I would love to be in construction traffic right now if I got to go back to work. Or, or maybe somebody's out there thinking, man, I don't even mind sitting next to that, that annoying coworker who always leaves their desk a mess and is always like talking to me and I can't get my work done. Like I would love to sit next to that person again if that means I, I got my job back you know or I, I would love to get up at 5 30 in the morning and make my kids lunch if that means they went off to school and I don't got to teach them school no more like 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 some of those things were like I can't wait to, to do those even though I didn't like them beforehand I can't wait to get some normalcy back in my life but here's what I was thinking about here's what I was thinking about what if track with me this morning what if the normal that we want to return to so bad isn't necessarily the normal that we should return to? Now, of course, you know, getting our kids back to school is a great thing and getting, going back to work, those are all great things. But what are some of the other areas in our life that were normal that when we really think about maybe Really, that's not a normal that we should return to. So, so like, what if, the, what if the very things that we were praying that God would help us with maybe three months ago, four months ago, uh, the, the things that God, were like, God, can you just help me change this about my life? What if those are the things that we were praying that we didn't want to go back to, we didn't want to do, that now we're actually think, thinking, man, I wouldn't mind a little bit of that because I just want some normalcy. I just want something to be familiar in my life again. And I was just thinking maybe, just maybe, maybe God is giving us an opportunity in this season to reevaluate our lives, to kind of refocus our lives, and to really ask the question, what really matters in life? What are the things that maybe I was doing before that really I don't need to go back to? What are the things that I was living my life in such a way that, that you know, I, I was so busy. I was running a million miles a minute. You know, I felt like, you know, the, the, the kids' schedule, taking them to sports and school and dance and swimming and all these things. And, and I was working so many hours and so many things. Like, I never got a chance to sit down with my family at a, at a dinner table, but maybe one time a week. And I was praying, God, help me slow my life down and now that our life is really slowed down, we're, we're thinking, man, I, could just, I just wish I had that high-paced life again. But maybe this is an opportunity for God to kind of say, hey, you know, you've been praying for some things. I'm giving you some opportunities to refocus your life. And maybe there is a new normal that I want to lead you into. Maybe the, the old normal that we were living beforehand Maybe it was good, but maybe it just wasn't God's best for our lives. Maybe, just maybe, there is a new normal that God wants us to achieve and live in our life. You know, I was thinking about when I was graduate, after I graduated high school, I went to high school here in our area, and, and I couldn't wait 
to leave my city. I grew up in Auburn Hills, Michigan. You know, I couldn't wait to leave Auburn Hills. Like, I was just like, man, get me out of this place. Like, I just can't wait to get go out on my own. I think a lot of high school seniors think that, you know, just can't wait to be my own person and leave my city and go out on my own. And so I picked a college that was in Minneapolis, Minnesota, about 12 hours away from Auburn Hills, Michigan. I couldn't wait to get out of there. And, and I remember, though, that as I traveled out to college and with my parents and they were dropping me off there, I got to you know, see the play. I'd never been there before. And as I got to the college, I remember looking at this strange city that I had never been to before, a place that I didn't know where anything was. I didn't have Google Maps back then. You know, I was like, what, what, where is anything? Where do I get groceries? Where do I do this? Where do I do that at? And I remember seeing this city and I was thinking, oh my goodness, I made a huge mistake. What, what, what am I doing here? Like, I don't know what Minneapolis, Minnesota is all about. Like, like, this is so unfamiliar. I don't think I like it. I, I made a huge mistake. I need to go back home. Like, are you serious? Like, wait, wait, my parents are gonna leave me here? They're gonna drop me off at a strange city where I don't really know anybody? Like, they're, they're just gonna leave me here all by myself? Are you kidding me right now? Like, I, I was starting to freak out because I started to think maybe I made a huge mistake in this whole thing. But here's what I realized in my life, is that when we are afraid, we always want what's familiar. That when we're afraid, when things start to be a little bit unsure, we start to go, I don't know, this doesn't feel comfortable. This, I don't like this new normal. I don't like what's going on. When we start to get a little bit of afraid, we always will retreat back to what is familiar, even if the familiar is not God's best for you. We always do that. You know, for me, it's like, you know, hey, I just, I want to go back to the city I knew. And sometimes it's easy for us to say, you know what, uh, I know that I, I, I'm in a new normal right now. I don't really like it. And I want to retreat back to the old normal, even though I prayed that God would get me out of some of those things and slow my life down and do something different. Like, I'm afraid right now, so I'll just return to what's familiar because familiar is something I know. And that's why I think a lot of times people will stay in an unhealthy relationship, even though that, you know, they know that this relationship is dysfunctional, they know that maybe it's abusive, maybe they know it's emotionally abusive, but people will stay in an unhealthy relationship because they're afraid of, I don't know if there's anybody else out there that would want me. I don't know if I'll ever be able to, to date again or, or, or find somebody else. So I'll just stay in what is unhealthy and dysfunctional because it's familiar. I think a lot of times people do that over and over again. But I was just thinking, what if that, that God is saying, okay, I, I want to lead you into something that's different. I want to lead you into a new normal for your life. And it may feel uncomfortable. It may not be what you're used to, but there are some things that I want to lead you in that are going to be different in your future, but I, I, I'm with you. And I don't want you to go back to necessarily what's familiar if it's unhealthy, but let me lead you into the, what I have is the best for our life. I was thinking about this amazing story in the New Testament and actually the Gospel of Mark. It's a story about Jesus where, where he really encounters some people who really got familiar and used to the dysfunction 
And then when normal came, they actually didn't even like it. Let me explain. There's a story in the Gospel of Mark where, you know, maybe you know this story. It's a very famous story and where Jesus gets in a boat one day and, and he's, he's going across the Sea of Galilee, this big sea, and, and Jesus goes to sleep and he's sleeping in the boat. Meanwhile, a huge storm comes out of nowhere and the disciples that are with him start freaking out because they're like, oh my goodness, we're gonna die out here in the lake. Jesus, how can you be sleeping right now? Like, are you serious? Get up, Jesus. And Jesus gets up and he's like, what, what's wrong? the wind, the waves, oh my goodness. And he's just like, uh, peace be still. He calms the storm, calms the wind, calms the waves. And he's like, what were y'all saying? I, I didn't hear you, sorry, what? And the disciples are like, oh my goodness, who is this guy who commands the winds and the waves? This guy's different, you know? And, but it was interesting because we, we, a lot of times we'll read that story and we'll stop there. But he gets to the other side of the lake and I want you to see what happens when they actually arrive at their destination. In Mark chapter five, verse two, it starts and it says this. When Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out of the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the burial caves and could no longer be restrained, even with a chain. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as often as he was, he snapped the chains from his wrist and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night, he wandered among the burial caves in the hills, howling and cutting himself with a sharp stone. Uh, Man, I just think about this guy for a minute. Man, this poor guy, like this poor man, he was, he was possessed by this evil spirit and his normal was so unhealthy, was so dysfunctional. I mean, not only was he possessed, but like nobody wanted to be around him. He was constantly wandering around. Like they, the, the townspeople were probably constantly trying to put him in shackles and chains. And he did some incredible Hulk thing and ripped him off. Like nobody wanted to be around this guy. He lived his life totally in a place that wasn't where God wanted him to be. Totally going through a lot of stuff. I couldn't imagine the normal that this guy was enduring. I couldn't imagine that was normal for him. That was normal for the people in the city where he lived in. This, this guy that was just demon-possessed, acting crazy. And, and I was thinking about what did this guy feel like? What did this guy really, really begin to feel like? Well, if you're taking notes today, the first one I think he probably felt, he probably felt isolated. He probably felt very, very isolated in his life. And he lived all by himself in the caves. In, in, I mean, you think your neighborhood's bad. This dude lived in a graveyard. Like, like he, that was his life. He was isolated from community, isolated from people. And, and you might be thinking, well, pastor, I'm isolated right now. Like, I've been in my house for six weeks. Like, I feel so isolated. I just want to get out of here. Like, I identify with what this guy's going through. But I bet, I bet there's some people out there who are watching right now, you felt isolated way before the stay-at-home order was instituted. You felt isolated long before this. You felt isolated because even though maybe you were surrounded by people, that you felt like you could never really share with anybody what you were walking through. That you felt like maybe that there was people that, you know, like, hey, how are you doing? Good to see you. But you're like, oh, I'm fine, I'm good. But inside, you're, you're, you're struggling. Inside, you're dealing with some things. And you felt like there's nobody I can talk to 
Or maybe you grew up and somebody told you along the way, you know, hey, you know, don't talk about your feelings, you know, suck it up, be a man. You know, we don't talk about that stuff. You just keep working hard, you just keep going forward, you know, don't don't talk about anything, you know, just rub some dirt on it, you'll be all right. Like, like maybe somewhere along the line, somebody said that to you that you don't show emotion, you don't talk about your feelings. And now as you're older or wherever you're at, you realize that there's some things that, that, I, that you're dealing with. I need somebody to talk to, but I feel like maybe I'm the only one going through this. Maybe I'm the only one experiencing this, and I feel completely isolated. Maybe you feel isolated because somebody hurt you. Maybe somebody said something about you. Maybe it was a parent. Maybe it was one of your kids said something about you. Maybe even maybe you got hurt at the church. Maybe there was a church that you used to attend that said some things, did some stuff, and you got hurt and now you kind of just drew back and you've been isolated for a long time. Let me say this, if you feel isolated, not because of the stay-at-home order, but because you feel like you've got nobody in your life that you can talk to, it's not a normal that we need to return to. But the second thing I bet you this guy felt, he felt imprisoned. Number two, he felt imprisoned. This says that he was put in chains and shackles all the time. Like he was constantly being tied up and trying to be restrained and and yes, it said he broke through and broke away from them, but they said that it was often that the townspeople, man, they were constantly trying to restrain this guy. And I started thinking about it. What are the biggest areas in our lives that try to detain us, try to restrain us? And I think a lot of it is, honestly, is, it's our past. Our past, I think, always tries to restrain us, always tries to chain us up, always tries to tell us things that you're not good enough. I can't believe the choices you made. I can't believe the decisions you made. I, I can't believe you did that. God would never want to use you. And, and how could you ever truly uh, do anything great for God? And, and you'll never have a great family. You'll never have a great this or that. And Because look at what you've done. And, and we can live imprisoned to the pain of our past. And, and we can live life feeling like, yeah, maybe I, for a little bit I get free. But then it's like it constantly wants to come back. It constantly wants to haunt you. It constantly is there, like always thinking about, and you're like, I, I just can't get beyond my past. I just can't do it. And maybe, again, like I said, maybe it's because you can't forgive yourself from some choices you made. Maybe it's because you, 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 other people have hurt you, and, and you can't forgive them either. You're just like, oh, I can't get over it. And you feel like in your life, you feel... Just like this guy, you feel like he's in chains, spiritually maybe, mentally. You feel like you're, you're in chains. Well, let me just say that it's not a normal that we need to return to, to being a person that is, that is in prison from our past. It's not a normal that, that you and I need to return to after this is all over with. But number three, if you're taking notes, I bet you this guy felt incomplete, incomplete. It says that he wandered around day and night howling and, and hurting himself. And whenever I think of somebody wandering in life, it's, it's somebody usually that has no direction. And maybe you felt that at some point in your life as well, where you're like, you know what, I got a job, I've got a career, I've got a family, I've got school, I've got this, I've got that. But what am I doing? Like, Yes, I'm making money. Yes, I'm doing this. Yes, I'm doing that. And, and, and the outside people may say I'm successful, but on the inside, I feel like I've got no direction with my life. 
Am I really making a difference in this world? Am I really doing anything of value? Like, what am I really leaving in my life that's going to be a legacy? And, and maybe there's somebody out there, maybe you felt this. Why am I on this planet? Like, I got no direction in my life at all. Listen, if that's you today, it's not a normal that we need to return to. So we go back to the story, and, and Jesus begins to talk to this man who is possessed by an evil spirit, and, and they have a little bit of back-and-forth conversation, and eventually Jesus asks this, the spirit, not the guy, the spirit. He goes, well, what's your name? And the spirit responds to him, my, my name is Legion, for we are many. I mean, there's many evil spirits in this man. There's a ton of them. And they're like, okay, he goes, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna free this man and I'm gonna actually gonna cast these demons, this evil spirit out of this man. And he sends the evil spirits into a herd of pigs and the pigs like literally go down this hill and jump into a lake and drown themselves. Uh, but watch what happens next in the story, which is so interesting to me. In Mark chapter five, verse 15, it says, a crowd soon gathered around Jesus and they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. He was sitting there fully clothed and perfectly sane. And they were all afraid. Like that part of the story has always confused me. So, you know, here's a guy. He's sitting down probably by a fire with Jesus, maybe roasting a marshmallow, getting his s'more on. Like he's getting ready to just hang out with Jesus. He's just, and then the townspeople come and they see this guy. He's, he's fully clothed. That means he was naked before. He's fully clothed. Now he's like in his, he's sane. He's a normal guy. And, and the crowd that came along, they said, that, that's what scared him. That's what scared them when he was actually normal, which leads me to believe and, and understand that sometimes we can get so used to the dysfunction and the unhealthy things in our life that we start calling those things normal. And then when we actually start doing the things that maybe God has for us, the life that God has intended for us, we look at that as abnormal. Like these people had gotten so used to the man howling and screaming, hurting himself and, and trying to chain him up that when he was actually normal, when he was actually clothed and, and in his right mind, that, that that scared them. And I was just thinking, wow, what are the things in our life that are unhealthy, that maybe were dysfunctional, that we've gotten so used to over the, the course of our life that we just called that normal. But really, it's not normal at all. Like I was thinking, it can be normal to, it can be, normal to be addicted to, to drugs and alcohol and prescription pain meds. Like That can be normal, that's just it. It can be normal to live life so fast-paced and, and we're just running a million miles a minute. We've, we're full of stress, anxiety, depression, and that's normal. No, that's normal. I've got anxiety. That's normal. I've got stress. That's normal. Everybody's got stress. That's normal. I, I'm, I'm dealing with it. It's normal. Like, that's normal. There's other things like, you know, I, I don't really connect with my spouse or my kids that much, and that's normal. Like, you know, they, they understand. I got to work. And you know what? I, I sit down with them to have a meal maybe once in a while, but they know I love them because I'm working so much. That's normal. 
You know, there's, there's so many things. I think we can live normal being totally isolated, imprisoned, and incomplete, and that, that can be normal. It can be normal for us to live way beneath the life that God has intended for you and I to live, and it can be normal. So my prayer for you and myself has been to say during this season where things are different, a little bit of a new normal coming, but what are those areas in our life that we have called normal that actually should never have been called normal in the first place? What are the things that we've gotten so used to over time that, that now we just look at it as, yeah, that's normal, and, and, and I wanna return to that. You don't wanna return to that. You wanna return to a new normal where actually you're living the best life that God has for you. So let me look at this story. Let me give you three quick things before I close today that can be a, a new normal for you and for me as we come out of the stay at home, as eventually we come out of the quarantine. What's the new normal that you and I could have in our lives as we go forward? If you're, if, if you're taking notes, in Mark chapter five, verse 15, it says this, and I wanna go back to this. It says, the crowd soon gathered around Jesus. They saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons, and he was sitting there. He was sitting there. He was hanging out with Jesus. The isolation was no longer there. He was actually surrounded himself with some people, Jesus and the disciples probably, but he was, he was sitting there connecting with the creator of the universe. He was sitting there. I was thinking maybe number one, if you're taking notes, maybe the first thing that we could pray and ask God and really begin to have a new normal in our life is that we would have a new connection with God. We'd have a new connection with him. Like this man, he, he went from being a demon-possessed, crazy guy, you know, outcast of society, and now he was invited in to have a real relationship with the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. He got to spend time with Jesus Christ, and he was invited into that. And I believe that God is inviting you and me into a new and deeper relationship with him. And I believe that if you get anything out of this quarantine, if you get anything, and, and this is it, that you get a new perspective, a new connection with Jesus Christ, then listen, it, it is the most powerful thing that you can walk away with after, after this whole thing. Because this has the potential to change every other area of your life. When you are connecting with God, your creator who loves you, who died for you, listen, this has the potential to change everything. So I was thinking, what would it look like if, 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 if in, when we get out of this whole situation and, and normal starts to come back, what if instead, you know, living life how we used to, what if instead we said, you know, I'm going to connect with God in a real way. Like, I'm not just going to have a surface relationship with Jesus, but I'm actually going to be close with him. I want to connect with him. And what it looked like if before you left for work in the morning, you know, when that day comes back, that maybe you got up just a little bit earlier and you spent time cracking open your Bible, open up the, the Bible app on your phone, spending time with Jesus, just connecting with him. What would it look like if before you got the kids off to school, you know, next fall or whatever that looks like, it, and you, you just got up a little bit earlier, you grabbed a cup of coffee and you just sat there and you spent time with Jesus. What would it look like if 
maybe on that drive to work, you know, that instead of turning on NPR or, or your sports talk radio, whatever you listen to, well, what if you just said, you know, what, I'm going to put on worship music. I'm going I'm to listen to a sermon. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let the Bible even read to me. The Bible app does that. It will read to you the Bible. It's great. And you say, I'm just going to do something different. I'm going to institute a new normal into my life because, listen, I've got I've to come out of this whole thing different. If, I, if we all go back to exactly how we were before this, man, I think we wasted an amazing opportunity for God to do something deep and wonderful inside of our lives. I love what Psalms 46 says. It says, be still and know that I am God. Like, I think it's very hard to know God when we're not still. And God is giving us an amazing opportunity in this season to be still and to know him. And it's not just for this season, it's to create a new normal in our life that will take us into the next season as well. So let's go back to the story. It says that, you know, that you gathered around this crowd with Jesus in Mark 15. They say they saw the man who'd been possessed by the legion of demons. He was sitting there fully clothed and he was perfectly sane. I think this new thing that he got, not only a new connection with Jesus, but he also found a new freedom. Number two, if you're taking notes, love for you to write that down. This guy got a new freedom. He got a totally new freedom. He was fully clothed. He was perfectly sane. He had been freed from the torment that he was walking with, maybe his whole life. Who knows how long it was. He was totally freed from this oppression from the enemy. And now he was totally sane. He, was, he had a different perspective. Like, wow, like he was actually free from these things. And I was thinking, this man was, was freed not because of what he did, not because of his strength, not because of his mindset. He was freed because of what Jesus did in his life. Like, I love it. This man was healed instantly. He was freed instantly from this demon-possessed thing. And, and I've seen God do that in people's lives where he will make a, a, such an impact in somebody where instantly they're changed and instantly they see things differently. And God will do that in somebody's life. But I've also seen where God will use another way to help people find freedom, and that's through a relationship with other life-giving Christians, surrounding yourself with people who, who love you, who love God, and are willing to encourage you, be there for you, lift you up. And that's why we're talking about small groups. That's why we're relaunching more small groups. That's why as a church, we always are talking about small groups. Get in a small group. Are you in a small group? Like, listen, it is so important for you to be surrounded by people because you can begin to talk through your ideas, talk through your perspectives. And then we use this filter of the God's word to say, okay, what is God's best for our life? And people are surrounding you and encouraging, helping you see that Maybe the normal that you want to live and go back to, maybe that's a dysfunctional normal. Maybe that was unhealthy. And what does God's word say about you? And what does God's word say about the normal that he wants you to live? The true normal. So we surround ourselves with people. I love what James chapter 5 verse 16 says. It says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. I love that. Surround yourself with people, you wanna find freedom from your yesterdays. If you wanna find freedom from the baggage of your past, the freedom from the things that are trying to chain you up and imprison you and shackle you, you surround yourself with life-giving people that are actually gonna speak life into you, speak God's word into you, and encourage you and help you every step of the way where you don't have to be isolated, you don't have to hold it in, 
but you can actually talk about it. Say, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm going through. This is what I'm dealing with right now. And that's how I believe we find freedom. But watch what happens next in this story, which is really, really interesting to me. Mark chapter five, verse 18, it says this. It says, as Jesus was getting in the boat. So let me pause there. So Jesus went, healed this dude, crowd, you know, guy sitting in his right mind. The crowd comes, they get afraid. And Jesus is like, all right, love you guys. See you later. Getting back in the boat, going back in the, 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 the Sea of Galilee, going to cross back over. And he says he got back in the boat, which, which is interesting to me because we have no record in the scriptures of Jesus healing anybody else in that area. We have no record in the scriptures that talk about Jesus you know, ministering to anybody else in the area, which shows me that he went all the way across this lake through a storm, subjected his disciples, scared them to death through this storm to get to the other side because there was one man, one person, that he loved so much and that needed him. And Jesus is saying, I'm willing to take the journey to go across the lake for this one guy because that's how much I love him. And I want you to know this morning that man, God loves you just the same. God loves you so much that you, if you were the only person on earth, he would still send his son to die for you because that's how much God loves you. That's how much he loves you. But it says that Jesus was getting into the boat. The man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. But Jesus said, no, 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 no. I want you to go home to your family. I want you to go home to your family. It's, it's, it's interesting because most of the time Jesus would say to people, don't go tell anybody, don't tell anybody what I just did for you. Like if he would heal somebody and say, okay, don't tell anybody. Okay, just between you and I. This is one time in scripture we actually see Jesus saying something different. He says, no, no, no. I want you to go tell people. I want you to go tell your family and your friends about what happened here. I don't want you to go back the old way. I want you to go back with a new normal. He goes, and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. So the man started off to visit the 10 towns of that region and began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he told them. This man went from demon-possessed person to a missionary of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He, this man went from a wanderer to a witness for Jesus. Why? And this is the last Take your notes, write this down, number three. It's because Jesus gave this man a new purpose. He gave him a new purpose. He gave him a new purpose to live. And, and listen... I think God wants to give every single one of us just a new purpose to live. That as we come out of this, a, a new normal is to live with purpose, to not be wandering, not have no direction, but to have purpose in our life again, or maybe for the first time. You know, I was thinking, he says, I want you to be my witnesses. And if you think about a courtroom setting, you know, you have a lot of different components there. You've got a judge up there. You've got a, lawyers and all this stuff. God does not ask us to be a judge. He doesn't ask us to judge people and, and, and level our judgments. He doesn't ask us to do that. 
He doesn't ask us to be a prosecutor and prosecute other people. He doesn't ask us to do that. He doesn't ask us even to be the defender, the defense attorney. He doesn't ask us to defend the gospel. He doesn't ask us to do that. He asks us simply to be his witnesses, be, be a witness. And what does a witness do? Well, a witness goes up on the stand and they just share their side of the story. They share with the jury and the court and the judge, everybody. They share what they've experienced. And that's what Jesus wanted this man to do. Share what, what you experienced. Share what God did for you. They can't argue with your story. They can't argue with true life change. And I think that's what God is asking us to do as well. If you call yourself a Jesus follower as you're watching this, he's asking us to be people that are his witnesses, to live life with a purpose to say, how can I make a difference in the life of people today? How can I do something different and make a difference in those people's lives where I'm, I'm not just going to work and not just collecting a paycheck, but I'm, I'm doing something that's actually gonna have an eternal reward, an eternal significance. Uh, that's what God is asking us to do. What if we lived our life in a way, we had a new connection with him, we had a new freedom from our past, but then we had a new purpose where we saw things differently. We weren't walking around aimlessly. We said, how can I really do something? How can I really impact people for the gospel of Jesus Christ? How can I really live my life in such a way that people know that there's a God in heaven? How can I share with them my story of what he has done in my life? I'm not here to quote the Bible and give all these verses. I'm just here to share what he's done to me and in me. And I believe that that could be a normal, a new normal that could shape the history and the city and our area in a way like never before. What if the new normal that God wants us to go back to is, is completely different than the normal that we left? What if the normal that God wants us to really encounter and live is something that may seem a little uncomfortable at first, we may get a little afraid, I don't know, but it's actually exactly what God is calling us to do. I just believe with all my heart, church, that if we come out of this thing uh, there's, a, there's a new normal. When, when we come out of this thing, there's a new normal that he wants us to live. And it may not be the old normal, but there's a new normal that we can experience that's way better than anything we've ever experienced.